Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Anime House. Uh, today we're doing something a little different, a little, uh, a, li- a little, a little different, away from the or- ordinary. Usually we do cartoons, anime, anime prominently, of course, manga, manhwa, and the like. But today we're doing something a little different. Recently, Suicide Squad came out. Uh, the 2021, 2021 version with James Gunn came out on Thursday. For those who are aware. And it was funny because uh, we were debating what to do or what episode to kind of work with. And we both realized we both recently watched Suicide Squad. And it would be a fun one to do. I think it would be fun. It was, I enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was fun. And so it would be a really good time to just discuss it and talk about it before we get back to our daily, you know, manhwa, uh, manga, anime uh, episodes. So. Yeah, the grind, you know. The, the usual okay so i I'll, this, this is gonna be silly because we both enjoy the movie so there's not it's, i don't think there's gonna be a lot of discussion revolving around the movie itself if anything there's a lot more interest you know when it comes to comparing this to suicide squad unfortunately we, i do not know a lot of the things that went with the production all we know yeah. is james gunn touched it and yeah. made it funny darker r-rated we don't have will smith which i think would be is an interesting point of discussion because as we know will smith is a brand and he would never allow his brand to well he he never acts outside of that brand comfort zone you know he's always a good guy 100 percent virtuous right and the blood the equivalent of the whole um he was a bloodshot right or what was the thing blood no sport. blood sport okay so blood sport is the character that we would know who, what what character did will smith play in the first one uh that's no not that shot give me a sec suicide squad i'm good quick editing the i believe it was dead shot yeah, it was Deadshot. Okay, Bloodsport, Deadshot. Very similar in characters. Very. They both deal with the whole um, you have a daughter situation. Of course, Will Smith loves his daughter. He's 100% the good guy. And then he just gets screwed over by the awful vigilante known as Batman. But, you know, that was the original Will Smith. Of course, we still have the same Harley Quinn. But what was really cool about the whole Bloodsport situation, which I thought was really cool, is that he did not want a kid 100%. And he makes it very clear to his daughter, hey, man. I didn't want to have you. I'm sorry. You're stuck with such an off father, but um, that's it. And I really like, there's a lot of things to like about this movie. And I think the first 12 minutes really sold me on the movie itself. And it really lives up to the name, you know, the Suicide Squad. <laughs> because something that I felt that was very lacking in the original was that there was not a lot of um, quote-unquote suicide, right? Um, This whole Black Ops team that no one expects to do anything, that everyone expects that the members to just get off right at right on the missions that i didn't really get that that level of um danger coming from the first movie but this movie takes and it's okay first of all first things first it's a it's a comedy so if the humor doesn't land well with you you're most likely not gonna enjoy it it's very different from other genres it's hit or miss for one a lot of people fortunately me and akio really did enjoy it it's very dark humor it's very it reminds us of how minuscule our lives are and how easy it is for anyone to get killed and it's really interesting to see that in a superhero movie because usually you see these grandiose kind of characters but fortunately in suicide squad and this suicide squad or whatever we're mostly going to be talking about the the actual the, the most recent movie with james gunn uh I, I would imagine but uh but with within suicide squad you can actually see that um people can die really easily and there's some comedy that goes into the whole bodily it's pretty gory, but you know, it's just it's fun to just very 
out there. It's very flamboyant when it comes to their deaths. And I found it interesting. The first 12 minutes are riot. It was great. Um, what do you got to say about about your initial initial thoughts, Nikhil? So I should preface this by saying, originally, I actually didn't even know this movie came out. Uh, I, I, I was going to see Space Jam with a friend. And we ended up movie hopping to Suicide Squad because we realized we didn't really want to see Space Jam. And so, which I think was funny. And so I didn't really have any impressions going into the movie. In fact, I was really going into it with a blank slate. So being able to watch it, I think from a like perspective of, I don't really know what to expect and I don't really care if it's good or bad. I just want to watch it and see what happens. was interesting because it gave me a whole like new look because I feel like for a lot of superhero movies throughout my life at least I've I've gone into them with a certain amount of expectations and I f- I feel like going into this movie with like no expectations was definitely the way to go but then at the same time like I didn't know I'd enjoy it as much as I did very bloody uh some spoiler warnings for what's to come as usual with all our media if you haven't or if you or that we consume if you haven't watched it yet, please do go ahead and watch it and support the movie. It was a good movie. But if you're not interested or you don't care, or you already know what happens, we'd love to have you. Please stay. So really briefly, this is an R-rated film, and there's a lot of swearing. What do you got to say about that, Nikhil? Whoa, they're swearing. Whoa, it's crazy. <laughs> but um, I So that was a little bit of a shocker, because the only R-rated superhero movie that's come out so far, I believe... Excluding Logan, because I don't I don't count Logan for various reasons. Excluding Logan, the only real R-rated movie to have come out for superheroes is Deadpool, and that's like that was literally pure comedy. Uh, this movie felt a little different, like very comedic as well. I was laughing throughout a lot of it, but it also had those like it was like dark humor, right? And that is not for everyone, like you said, Francisco. And I kind of enjoyed that. It made it a lot more like enjoyable and fun to watch because of that they even managed to sneak in like a covid joke i thought that was kind of funny i i I liked it like i think overall like the movie was pretty solid i'm really i was really surprised with some of the characters they introduced for example uh that main villain the starfish thingy actually is actually a superman a superman villain he took over the justice league at one or it took over the justice league at one point and it's it's a whole like Justice League versus like Starfish thing. It's pretty crazy. So I was surprised to see that as a big as a big time villain. I was not so some something that me and my sister spoke about in the first Suicide Squad. I said we were talking about how maybe the scale was out of range, right? And how it was like a whole world ending cataclysm event. And we were saying that maybe it should have toned it down by introducing a small town villain, quote unquote small. We uh, during that time, some people were, some people on the internet, right, were talking about maybe they should have made the main villain be Joker, right? He's big, but he's not to the point that he's so big that he's gonna just destroy the entire planet. And we were thinking that might be a good approach, but James Gunn and you know the people involved with this movie showed us that we are totally wrong. It just depends on how it's directed, because yeah, the starfish total threat to humanity, one hundred percent, right? An invasive species is going out. They're just gonna completely decimate the entire planet because they pretty much incarcerated the starfish for 30 years it was just vibing out in space having a fun time and then just some yankees some americans just found it took take they take it into their ship and they're like all right we're bringing it back home and the starfish was not having that starro and what's great is that 
I love I love being proven wrong in these movies, and I love the fact that it was a kaiju. And I was thinking about the fact that it was a kaiju, and I, and it was great that someone actually referred to it as a kaiju. It's like we have a kaiju on our hands, and I did not expect the Suicide Squad to be able to take it down, but I was proven wrong, and I kind of really enjoy how the entire battle went down because. Yeah, we know about Starro. The whole mission itself is that the Suicide Squad is going to these, um, this Latin American country, right? That's you know that is being developed. It was recently overthrown by some, uh, by a dictator, or rather, the family in power, the Arenas, right? Were overthrown by Suarez, a, I believe, a military um, person, official, whatever. Suarez were friendly with America, but the new regime is very anti-American, and you know with um. Who's the who's the person who deals with the Suicide Squad or the one that handles it? A uh, Walker? No, that's not Amanda her. Waller. Amanda Waller. Yeah, Amanda Waller. We know that she's one hundred percent. I do. The, I do what I do for America, and that's to keep America's image. And you know, now that the now that this country is in under new regime, and they're very antagonistic towards America, they they're gonna they're getting the squad to go there and take care of some of the some of the um. Some experience, right? Some some very chemical warfare they have, and that's actually sour because the initial premise of the plan is that we don't want this weapon to be used against America because it's in our side of the hemisphere. It's a threat to national security. Go there, cover mission, and destroy the place. And that's that's the premise, right? The villain itself, for the most part, Starro isn't. It, it happens way at the end. We know that they exist. We're not really sure what it exactly it is yet. And then we, you know, as the story progresses and we learn more information, we understand how the scale of the situation, like you mentioned, it's a, it's a villain that, you know, is a threat to not only the location that they're at, but for the entire planet. So it's really, it's great to see that, but there's also a lot of layers that comes into the directing line when it comes to the, you know, who, who the villains are in the situation and Suicide Squad is very good, or it's a very appropriate team to introduce a whole this whole very gray situation because what what they're doing effectively what they're doing there is they're doing some of the dirty work that america has but they don't want to actually send you know american soldiers because that's like that's not cool so let's just use these disposable convicts and that's and it's great to see you know suicide squad doing that and it's great to have make sure that it's an r-rated film because it's appropriate it's an r-rated film for its kind of subject matter and the humor does a very good job by being R-rated, and I love the t- first twelve minutes. I think um, I still remember Weasel. <laughs> the mission begins, and there's this this is one very anthropomorphic kind of animal thing that ate twenty six babies or whatever. It's in prison, and just it cannot communicate with humans. And they get off the ship, right? And the first, and after a while, Weasel's just drowning there. And then you have Flag who's the covert operation leader, right? And he's like, did anyone check if Weasel could, could swim? Like, this is important. And all you see is just a Weasel drowning. <laughs> that was automatically, you could actually just, from that setting itself, you can understand that. Flag is over his head. All of these people are amateurs. He's probably going to die. And and Weasel's dead. It set up the premise for the movie pretty well. Like, you yeah. kind of know what you were getting yourself into, yeah. right? At least the tone. Definitely the tone. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was great. Those first 12 minutes really sold me on what it was. Because um, something else that's really great about those first 12 minutes is that, yes, it's in, it's a superhero movie. It takes place in the same universe as as Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and whatnot, right? But the conversations that they have going there is very grounded and and very boring. And in a way, it's kind of that adds to the comedic feel of it all. 
because it's supposed to be grandiose for a superhero film, and it's obviously not from the conversation they're having. I think one of the moments, Javelin, the, the, the one of the like, one of the people that ends up dying on the beach in, invasion, right? Javelin asks this other guy, "What does TDK stand for?" And they're in a plane, right? So TDK, the other person, is like, "What? I can't hear you." And then Javelin reiterates his question, right? And I just found that really interesting because the dialogue is just not what you would expect, or rather, I didn't. I I, I really like seeing that because I was like, "Oh, this is so laid back. I, I, it's, it's it's so fun. Jeez, I love it." It's like, I can't believe that the writer's using this moment to just insert dialogue that's almost irrelevant and, and it just really grounds it. Yeah. I like that. And I also want to mention, um, I really liked uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn in this movie a lot more. I think yeah. in, the fir- yeah. in the first episode, she, she, like, she was good and she was very clearly like just meant for the role, but the writing and the movie was just terrible, so I felt kind of bad for her. She got really shafted. She mm-hmm. absolutely killed it in this movie. In fact, I think Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was the star of this movie, personally. She was oh she was just that good. The entire cast is amazing, but Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is phenomenal. They it was do, really good. It, it was Harley just... Quinn. To the bone, it was it, Harley yep. Quinn. As, like a, as, a, as an avid Batman reader... Uh, for those of you who may not know, I used to read a lot of comics. I don't as much anymore. Now it's more manga and anime. But uh, back in the day, I used to read a lot of Batman, and so uh, I'm pretty. I'm quite. I, I would say I'm quite familiar with Harley Quinn and her character, and I think Margot Robbie just really kills it. It was really cool to see. Yeah, for sure. I so many good. Um, it's they had like Harley. Okay, so. The entire mission begins with two Suicide Squads, right? Rick Flagg being one of them with Hardy, right? And one of the team. And then the other side being Bloodsport in their kind of B-plot. <laughs> it's freaking hilarious because thanks to thanks to the entire absolute awful situation that Rick Flagg and Hardy Quinn's team find themselves in, Bloodsport and their group have no issues getting into the, um, into the uh, country. And they have no idea why that is. But... The audience, fortunately, we we know exactly what's going on. Which actually, the fact that it was, a, you know, the entire movie starts off with the um, situation that there's two groups allows for very interesting directorial decisions, right? Sometimes we follow, you know, different different characters, and I mean, this is something that I actually really appreciate from Hunter Hunter's Chimera arc is that we follow characters for a progressive period of time, right? It goes, we follow them for like ten minutes, and then the movie the director or whatever lets us know 10 minutes before and then we follow a different group right and i love how that was done because it really allows us to appreciate the pacing of one particular scenes while respecting the fact that things are happening synchronously and something that was really cool is that hardy quinn had a had a moment where you know she was captured and hardy quinn was able to successfully escape from the whole situation but then the entire suicide squad was like we need to go save harley quinn and you know we see we see harley quinn's situation and then after she gets out it cuts off to um in the suicide squad thinking of a slight plan and them trying to invade the actual place where she's being captured and then she just gets out there and she's like hey what are you guys doing and then they have this very sweet moment of I of Hardy Quinn didn't expect them to come and save her, and they're like, "Yeah, you're her friend." And then she's like, "I can go back up there if you want." Yeah, I didn't like that sequence. It was really cool. Yeah, and then the entire, and it gave a really good opportunity to just showcase Hardy Quinn and how cool Hardy Quinn is, and of course Margaret Margaret Robbie as Hardy Quinn. That was that was amazing. 
Yeah, I think she killed it. I I don't like. I think they were all good, but I think Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was just the star of the movie. She was fantastic. Every like she was never boring. I never felt no, like never. And like I was really surprised. I was also really surprised with John Cena. I I, I didn't Ooh, think he'd be so John good. John Cena was he was really good. This is John Cena at peak John Cena. I never under I never realized how much I needed the character that John Cena's playing. <laughs> and if he plays more roles like this, I I would love to see John Cena in these things. I think John Cena always just plays John Cena. So in this movie, he was not playing John Cena. That was weird. He was he was playing a frat boy kind of, no? Yeah, pretty the, much. Yeah, that American was frat boy. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And it and the banter that he had going with Bloodsport was phenomenal. I love it. I love it. John Cena. I the, I felt the moment John Cena died, it was like a bit of the movie flair was gone. I was like, I'm not too sure if I can live like this because I was thinking about like. Throughout the movie, I was trying to think in a metal perspective, right? I felt that Rick Flag, spoiler, would need to live or was going to live throughout the entire mission. Because when you think of Suicide Squad, Rick Flag is a very prominent character within the comic books, right? And the fact that they decided to just go ahead and just off him in this movie is interesting for many reasons. And the person that ended up, you know, doing him in was John Cena's character. Because John Cena is peacemaker's quote-unquote what his situation is and he does what is necessary for the piece i found that line of um rick flag's character at the end you know when john when peacemaker john cena said whatever it was him to be really on point he just says peacemaker what a joke and then he just drops dead which i, I thought that was really powerful i thought that was setting up john cena's character maybe in a sequel to just realize what he was doing might not be the correct way and then the movie goes ahead and just proves me wrong by getting Bloodsport versus John Cena in a gun shoot, right? Which is very reminiscent of the first couple of scenes, right? Because mm-hmm. Amanda Waller was going off saying that we that she selects operatives for their particular skill sets, right? And then she recruits John Cena, Peacemaker, and then she describes his skill set to be the exact same one as Bloodsport. And Bloodsport is just thinking, why... I don't. I you just contradict yourself. I don't. I don't understand. And that's like the beginning of this quote unquote rivalry. And it was great that one of the things that John Cena, as Peacemaker, made a comment is that I'm better, right? Um, and there's and you know Bloodsport said I I shoot things right, you know, in the dead center of a dead shot or whatever. And then Blood's Peacemaker says, yeah, I, I can do that too, except mine's more accurate. And he said, how is it more accurate? Smaller bullets goes right through your bullets, which is great because um. When they have their shootout, it turns out that the smaller bullet comment that Peacemaker made is actually irrelevant because coincidentally, in this situation, Bloodsport, his his bullet was smaller, so it actually pierced through the bullet of Peacemaker, and then it just, you know, ends Peacemaker. Which I thought that was really cute. It was cute. That's about it. Nothing much. I was actually kind of surprised that they actually did that. That was like the most. That was the weirdest part for me. I was like, okay, that happened. Uh, but no, other I, than that part, like it was, it was fine. I, I thought I, Amanda Waller was good. Amanda Waller was really good. See, that's the thing. So, like, she, like, Amanda Waller in this movie and in the first Suicide Squad movie wasn't bad. Again, the issue with the first Suicide Squad movie was that writing was bad, plot was bad, editing was bad. Everything was bad, right? But in this movie, everything came together. So Amanda Waller really shone through, and so. She played Amanda Waller really well. She's a very, very harsh and pretty scary person, honestly. And so it was really cool to kind of see that in the movie and like how she was portrayed and whatnot. And I am really hoping that there is going to be a Suicide Squad 2 
with James Gunn or something, because that'd be kind of dope. Like, I could definitely see a continuation in the future. Yeah. It's, it's fun, and if they do something like that again, that's just... I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. I'm similar to you. I had no idea it was going to be out. No idea. Yeah. It's just, I got a notification on, you know, my HBO Max app or whatever, and then a few articles here and there online, and I'm just think, sitting here thinking, I wasn't, ex- I wasn't excited. I wasn't hyped for it. It was just a very pleasant surprise. And this might, you know, this is might not be open to the most interesting of discussions between me and Akio because we're pretty much just circle jerking the entire movie. We think this is not, this is no Lenny Illustrious philosophical discussion. No, this is just, it's good, better than before. Do, do more of this, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that they released a reboot and like it showed that the potential that like these kind of movies have. Because I feel like DC, unfortunately, has gone into a repetition of, like, putting, like, a pretty bad rap, like, rap for themselves based on, like, that's, like, how they edit movies, how they go about it. But with the Suicide Squad movie, I felt like there was, like, a lot of redemption here. Especially yeah, for moving sure. forward. And I'm really, really excited for Batman to come out next year, actually. I'm insanely excited for that. Uh, with Robert Pattinson. I'm extremely excited. And so, like, I feel like this Suicide Squad movie showed that, like like have high hopes for the new Batman because like you can really go a lot of ways and it's very clear that there was a lot of care and time and effort put into this and I'm I'm really hoping that we get that from Batman next year I know like Batman's independent but I wanted to mention that as well as that fits into the DC vein and moving forward I think I think this movie kind of shows that like DC movies have equal if not more potential than I would say like Marvel movies and in general, and I'm I, I really do want to. I'm really hoping for more of something like this. I and I think it's possible. I it's just a matter of how they go about it and how they do it because, like, the Suicide Squad aren't like usually comical in nature, and so but they they managed to make it comical and fun to watch. And even though it's rated R movie, obviously, I would not recommend showing this movie to your kids. Uh, it, it, it was still entertaining to some degree, right? So, like. And they did it really well, I felt like, so we'll see. Definitely, it definitely had odes, and Francisco, I don't know if you caught this, but James Gunn was the one directing this, so he dropped, like, three Easter eggs to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, and you could tell that this was a James Gunn movie, by the way, he, like, it, it was very similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. It's got his vibe, his vibe for sure. Yeah. You know what, I mean... James Gunn is, you know, known for Guardians of the Galaxy, but of course, it's nothing in comparison to its magnum opus of the uh, Scooby-Doo films back in the <laughs> early 2000s. Scooby-Doo films. Yeah, he uh, he directed those too, of course. Those were crazy. Those, yeah, they go hard. Uh, <laughs> uh Scooby. I love. I have some soft spots with Scooby-Doo, so it's always it's always interesting or just really funny to remember that he he was he directed them because he's got a lot of talent for. When when the studio lets him do what he what he can do, right? Yeah, yeah. Outside of a bunch of other stuff, um, so it's definitely fun. It's you know, music choice is interesting as always. That's kind of another thing that James Gunn is known for, right? This not necessarily um original soundtracks, but you know, music from particular time periods. Yeah, he's known for definitely for music from particular time periods. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So. I mean, we we're not gonna go too deep into it because one, there's a lot, there's a lot of different plot points for the movie, and we can't necessarily address them all. 
And you, I feel like this is also a movie that you kind of should just go see and have fun with. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know how deep I can really get with this movie, honestly, because yeah, like I can go, I can psychoanalyze King Shark and his whole it, thing with like going back to the ocean and stuff like that. But even the thinker, the thinker had an interesting scene that he goes to these clubs because he's very lonely and he wants to be yeah, people. and he wants to be around people. Yeah. And so, like. That would require us psychoanalyzing every single comic book character, and that's just too hard. And then you'd have to read the comics for that, and and that's a lot. And so I feel like the best approach to this film is to really just go into it with an open mind and just enjoy it for what it is, because that's what it was. Honestly, it was it was a fun, enjoyable movie, and I liked it. And it lives to its name, which is very important for me, the Suicide Squad, because. I don't. I don't know the percentage, but I'll, I'll be. I'm confident to say only ten percent of the squad lives. So that's that's great. Yeah. I very much appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. For sure. Okay. I don't have much to you know add to this. It was a quick one. We realized that we both watched it, and we thought, you know what? We're we're release. We're we're doing an episode on this because we've been we've been looking for a comedy, you know, kind of deal situation, and fortunately, we uh, we saw a comedy. Yeah, so this was a good one to do, and it's a little it's a little different than usual. I know we usually do. I know you guys are expecting from Anime House Anime, but uh, we are we are we we figured we'd do something a little different. But don't worry, we're gonna be having a lot of uh, anime episodes coming out uh, soon. Actually, uh, Francisco, if you want to mention uh, Bleach, uh, one shot coming out on Monday, or at the time of recording, this is August seventh, twenty twenty one. So, the Bleach one-shot will be coming out in two days, on August Yes. 9th. Um, of course, the uh, spoilers are out. I, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a huge fanatic. So, I've read it. I, you know, a friend of mine has read it already, so... I haven't read it yet. Nikhil has not read it yet, but we are very hyped for it. And yes, we're going to be addressing Bleach. Definitely, we're trying to get this episode out as soon as possible. So, we'll be addressing Bleach. And you know, I guess now we can talk about what we what we're, what we're planning of. One of them being Bleach. Get hyped, Taikubo at his finest. Redefining what it means to end the series and then coming back, right? Definitely, what the potential of a manga coat when it comes to retirement, quote unquote retirement. I just want to say, like, shout out, like, if if you if you want to know our feelings for like Taikubo's one shots, just take a look at our Burn the Witch episode, and you can listen to my one hour soapbox of how much I loved it. So I'm actually insanely excited for this. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think Taiku- I think Taikubo's a genius. He has nothing else to prove. He 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 knows how to do his stuff. It's just a matter of like, now he's just doing it for fun, really. Because Bleach was just like generational defining. Obviously not the greatest manga or anime, but like it was still like, I mean it was still extremely influential for what it was. So. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, it's um, it's hype, man. It's really exciting to see more Bleach stuff. It's really exciting to see Taikubo coming back that's for sure and just a lot more respect on his name because he's phenomenal his character designs are always on point you know he's up there with oda when it comes to character designs like you can tell you can tell there's a lot of flair style with this kind of deal and his writing his writing only gets better and his art only gets better with time it's one of those situations where it's it's weird that or not weird but you have those idea of the legends right from the past i mean for example in sports right there's always this idea that they have a particular peak at their at their level, but for an artist, that peak doesn't necessarily exist up until you know they get some physical damage, right? Maybe some spine injuries that makes it pretty difficult to draw. 
But for folks like Kubo, who's, you know, he decided to end Bleach because he was having health issues and he's coming back and he's hopefully healthy, right? He, hopefully he can back get back on the wheel and see what we can do. There's only up at, up at this point. Yeah, I'm really excited for him. Yeah. It should be, you know. it should be, it should be great. I, I mean, I could read the... I might read the scan translations, but I will definitely be reading the official translations. When they yeah, do. I'll be reading yeah. the official translations too. I mean, <laughs> no, we... I'm just waiting for that right now. I figured, like, I, I, I'll just wait for the official ones, most likely. But yeah, I'm very hyped. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what we have in mind. We're probably we're also considering a romance ones. I mean, I'm probably I'm thinking about watching. Um, I keep forgetting the name. Violet Evergarden. Jesus. So Violet Evergarden is unique in terms of being romance because it is yes but it is also not it's very slice of life-esque mm-hmm. and it's more leading towards that and it struggles with the idea of what the concept of love is versus yeah, loving yeah. someone and i think that's what makes it a very unique and beautiful show for those of you who don't know Violet evergarden is one of my favorite shows ever in fact it's literally my background screen on my computer and my laptop so i i, I love Violet evergarden I just, uh, I have a lot of stuff to say about that. So when we get there, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there, we'll get there. I guess we can round it up by um, by what we've seen, watched, or what whatnot. I mean, that really hasn't changed, honestly. I'm watching the same stuff I've been I've been saying for the last, like, few episodes. Nothing, uh, nothing too special. I'm trying to get through Fire Force, but I, I just, I can't do it anymore. I, I'm dropping it, actually. Fair. It's just, um... It's a separate rant, but it's too much fan service, and at the wrong times, like fan service has a time and place. And like, again, I I, I watch I watch dra- I watch Dragon Maid, dude. So like, don't I I understand fan service, but like, this is just poorly executed. The story is pretty boring and dry, and the only things that are really carrying it are like the animation and the opening of the ED. That's like the only reason I was watching it, and then they changed the OP and the ED, and now I'm like, why am I watching the show? So, I uh, I am planning to drop it. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy Fire Force. A season two really made it for me. So it's not like we both hated it. Of course, I agree with you, Nikhil, 100%. And I think most people would agree with you in this yeah. situation. <laughs> so it's not like this is a hot take. To... No. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess something that I watched was Loki, the series on Disney+. Plus. Oh, Loki smacks. Loki was so good. It's my favorite out of the three. It's the only one probably worth it, honestly. No, 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 no. I think, I think, I think WandaVision is worth watching if you're familiar with um, the House of M um, or that arc in the Marvel Universe. The House of M is one of the most influential and impactful arcs within Marvel and the MCU. And it focuses around... Uh, Wanda, Wanda Maximoff, and WandaVision did a really good job. They pretty much adapted. Not, it's obviously wasn't a one for one, but they adapted House of M, and so it's very it, it's important to watch it. I would highly recommend it. They adapted. I what's that one I kind of seen? No more mutants, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. Of course, mutants don't exist, and as far as we know in the Marvel universe yet. You know, things will happen in the future with them. So everyone's cross, excited. Oh, yeah. So that's that. Loki, definitely good. I feel that episode one is one of the best pilots. Well, not best pilot. It was it was good, dude. The dialogue. Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah. It was, it was the whole bureaucratic monotony really humbles 
this Asgardian god so much that it's very cathartic to just watch it all go down. Yeah, I like that part a lot. Yeah, that was good. That was um good. When you just need that sometimes, it was really fun. Okay, yeah. so that's 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 pretty much it. That's a wrap up. Loki's good. I enjoyed it. Sorry, falling off a bit for me, but still a good show without a doubt. You know the villain that's that's introduced in the, at the end of Loki. Good acting. I mean, had some iffies here and there, but I thought it was good. Yeah, for sure. So that's it for me. Um, anything you want to um, say, Nikhil? Uh, I mean, I think Loki's a great show. Uh, outside of Loki, not really. I mean, I'm just watching the same things, reading the same things. And uh, I'm going to read some of the manga you sent me, Francisco, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll be reading it pretty soon, I think. Um, since I dropped Fire Force, I am now kind of open to just reading and consuming new stuff until uh, until I get busy. So I'll be probably doing that. And uh, just a shout out to uh, Francisco from me for getting a job. I'm really proud of him, and I wanted to mention that. And I'm very happy for him. I'm very excited. So, just wanted to let everyone know. Yeah, for those who don't know, we're recent graduates, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's like, get a job. This is not normal. It's like, I mean, yeah, but there's this whole job searching process, and. I mean, during COVID, it makes it harder, and uh, it, it's it's kind of cool for your, I feel like the audience to kind of see our lives a little bit. You guys have been with us for the last like two, three years now, so you know. Uh, it's, it's yes, a process. Talented. We're growing. We're growing too. Yeah, and I hope everyone who's you know listens to this, it's of course doing better, whatever they are in their life, point in their life, of course. Oh, I did want to actually shout out. Um, so I recently was able to get my hands on a bunch of light novels, and I was able to get uh a lot of Monogatari, um, Bunny Girl Senpai, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, the store I went to was really good, and I wanted to mention that here. Uh, obviously, if you guys want to sponsor us, that'd be amazing. If not, don't worries. But I went to I went to New York recently, and I was able to go to a place called Kinokuniya, that sells a bunch of manga, uh, manga, uh, ma- uh, manga, manhwa, uh, all of this. Um, and so they they even have the LN for soul leveling and stuff like that. They even have Japanese copies. I actually purchased uh, the first few volumes of Shadows House in Japanese. And so I'm I'm very excited uh, to kind of read some of the light novels I bought and whatnot. And I wanted to shout that out if anyone is interested or if you live near a big metropolitan city. I found that they actually have locations all over the United States in these metropolitan cities. I'd highly recommend checking checking it out. Uh, Kinokuniya. Um, it's it's uh yeah I again if you if you follow us on Twitter I'll I can post a little more about it there and link the website there so you guys can check it out. All right, cool. But yeah, please feel free to follow us on Twitter, YouTube, uh, all of that. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, we're on everything. Please continue listening to us. We'd love to have you. This is a pretty short episode, but expect longer episodes. Our next episode will probably be a lot more in-depth. We're going to have a lot more content for you guys as well, especially uh, with a lot of new stuff coming out and a lot of actually episodes that we have on the back burner ourselves that we're going to try to get to you guys as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, a little yeah, tr- out of the ordinary here, but hopefully yeah. you guys enjoyed this. We're trying to make some episodes where we're not entirely 100% on board with the content. Maybe add a bit more discussion. Yes. <laughs> That's, that might be more interesting. All things considered, but yeah, good, 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 good movie. Um, but it's it for us. All right. Take care everyone. Bye. Bye.